Welcome to Context List, the podcast where both Dolly Parton's and Whitney Houston's versions of I Will Always Love You are equally respected. It is March 1st. It's Women's History Month. Shout out to that. Shout out to the women and the words of Saoirse Ronan in the film Little Women written and directed by the one and only Greta Gerwig. Women! Exactly. And yeah, it's March, if y'all can believe it. Like, congratulations to those who celebrate it. (laughs) But yeah, we're gearing up to be a year since COVID-19 really stepped up to the stage. She sung for her life and she, Shantae, she stayed. I don't know who said it, but I don't know. Maybe Rufrak Paul. Oop, and oop. Uh, but yeah, um, I've been thinking about how this year has felt, whether it's been, whether it went by fast or slow. And I think I can say it went by fast. I don't know. It was like one continuous blur. Like people, we have progressed. I feel like people think like there's vaccines and stuff <laughs> and stuff. I wonder what the stuff is. It ain't free healthcare because people are dying in Texas and everywhere. Oop. But, yeah, definitely can say we're closer to the end of this tunnel, hopefully, than we were a year off. And, yeah, and with that said, uh, my guest today, it's a surprise guest. I cannot imagine a better guest for this podcast. He represents everything, I think, and he represents everything... I feel like is necessary to believe in, to embody, to manifest, to be in this life. The way he, his takes on the culture, his writing, his stamina, enthusiasm in regard to the culture, to the culture is unparalleled. I honestly cannot think of a better person to be on this podcast and with that being said welcome to the podcast well first things first i'm your host fernando martinez just want to make sure i've been forgetting to do that but like i'm gonna do it even though it's two minutes and whatever <laughs> but then my host will be host okay anyway i'm your host fernando martinez and please welcome to the podcast Fernando Martinez. Thank you, Fernando, for having me. Yeah, no problem, Fernando. How are you doing with everything? Like, I, like given what I just said, like, how are you feeling? Well, first of all, can I call you Fernie? Yes, Fernando, you can call me Fernie. Great. Well, Fernie, uh, as you said, it has been a year since we've almost been in lockdown and everything. And I've really come to enjoy the time we've been granted to be in a different form of society where we're not all together. We're like separate and individualized at the same time. We're seeing the world and its systems fail the most vulnerable. And we really are having to reassess our priorities, our wants and needs, our emotions, our lives. And I, f- and I personally believe that was a long time coming. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for the year I've had. What about you? Well, Fernando, I've had, I can, I, 
agree with everything you just said. You really summed, summarized how I've been feeling. Well, Fernie, that's still great to hear, but what about you? Like, what, what have you learned this past year? Well, Fernando, I've learned that there's never going to be a point in my life where I'm truly content. Well, that sounds sad, but what I mean is, you, like, you get that one job, you get that one diploma, you get that one relationship, whatever it is, right? And, like, it might be good for a while, hopefully forever, right? Or for as long as you want it to be or need it to be. But sometimes this, that's just another stepping stone of many that you're going to have to take in life. And it's the realiza realization of realizing... <laughs> realization of realizing... What am I, Kylie Jenner? Oy. Anyways, but it's the, realize <laughs> it's the realization of... No, of acknowledging that it's just the one of many stepping stones and then having to move to the next one that's something i've realized a lot personally and professionally this past life wow for wow for you're so right on that you right you're right on the money with that because i feel like people we get really um i feel like a lot of people have a problem with settling like we settle because people don't understand what they want or they haven't discovered it yet or they're just happy to be doing the bare minimum to be busy but then when uh, they hardly have the time to ask themselves am I content am I happy is this what I want to do and again echoing what we just spoke about in regards to this past year I feel like that time period has really grounded people these circumstances to acknowledge that well, Fernando, you're exa I 100% agree with you. But anyway, this is a pop culture podcast. No, uh, don't forget that. So let me ask you what I, uh, what I always ask my guests. What have you been watching recently? Like listening to film, television, music. What What's it? What's What's been in your media diet? Well, Fernie, I'm currently... I'm Marvel, bitch. What do you mean? I mean... WandaVision is that bitch. Bruh. I've been watching WandaVision too. Really? How do you... I mean... As well as all the other people on the internet have. But like, what are your thoughts on it? Well, Fernando. WandaVision... I got into watching it because... The Catherine Hall of it all... Yes, Fernie. Oh my god, you just... Yes. But yeah, it was because of Catherine Ha, who's an actor. She's an actrice. She's one of those uh, actors who... You might not be familiar with her name, but if you saw her face, you'd be like, oh, she's from X, Y, and Z. She's, she has very much... She has very Judy Greer energy, who is the best friend slash nemesis from 13 Going on 30. If you get that reference, very much one of those, when you see them, you get them. But yeah, WandaVision has been great. I, for some reason, put off watching it for the past, like, what, six, seven weeks? But then this past week, with the Catherine Hall of it all, she got her own theme song. 
it's been Agatha all along. I just gave in and I binged the whole episodes, all the episodes, and I'm enjoying it. I'm officially a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I hate to say it. Damn, Fernie. Damn. Yeah, I for me, I was also hesitant to watch it because the whole Marvel, like everything Marvel is just military propaganda and I don't want to support that. But at the same time, Elizabeth Olsen is an Olsen sister. So I can't really help but support her. And I'm just happy to, that the show is actually good and that the plot is progressing really nicely. But I've also been... Uh, and I've also was hesitant to watch it because and after the first few episodes were released because the show gets released on a weekly basis on friday as if it was television back when television was television <laughs> but yeah and after the first few episodes i've i've read reviews or like i've heard people's takes on the show being like oh it's bad it's bad because it starts off as a sitcom in the 50s and whatnot it started so for people who don't know wandavision stars Elizabeth Olsen and some white guy who's actually a red guy but in the show as she plays Wanda something she's a witch something I guess and then Vision get it Wanda Vision I, I did not know her name was Wanda so oh going into this oop. but yeah Vision is like a AI thing I don't know but he can get it but yeah, uh, so it starts them and it, with no context. The first episode is like an old-timey sitcom, I Love Lucy style. And it just, the plot just develops and things gets crazy. But yeah, uh, people wrote it off as like, not good. And I didn't understand why. Yeah, Fernando, you're right. I also saw that type of reaction back on social media. My sister actually she watched the first episode recently and she said she thought it was boring and that she couldn't get into it but then she eventually like got into it and i just reacted saying like how could you not get into it it's the first episode like of course the first episode isn't going to be anything like exhilarating it's the first episode this is television this isn't a roller coaster right i mean it is in a way but you know what i mean you're not going to get to the climax in the first episode. You have to work up to it. And I feel like that's been lost over the past few years, especially with streaming and everything. People just expect, like, the highs without the escalation to get there, so to speak. But yeah, Fernie, I understand that. Yeah, but yeah, WandaVision, for me, aside from, like, the casting... I just really love how it's a different take on grief and trauma. Because I don't want to spoil it, but those are the themes that unveil themselves with the episodes that go on. And I just really cannot wait for next Friday. I'm I'm officially, like, as of right now, WandaVision is what's keeping me going every week. <laughs> and I have to confess... I looked up WandaVision, WandaVision merch, and I may or may not have some shit bookmarked. But stay tuned. I'll let you know if I buy it. Well, Fernando, you're, well, come on. Come on. You gotta support your faves. You gotta support your faves. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Fernando, did you watch the Golden Globes? They were yesterday. 
guess, Fernie, I did watch them. I did watch them. But I felt like I was watching a really bad horror movie where the plot featured a lot of actors and Hollywood people's kids that I didn't care for in their Zoom screens. Yeah, Fernando, I agree because the although Amy Poehler and Tina Fey hosted it from two different coasts, which was gnarly in of itself. I also agree there were too many kids, even when there were just nominees. When they read off the nominees or there was a winner and kids would jump in, I'd be like, "I don't want to watch the kids. I don't know about the kids. Like, good for you for having kids, but like, they're not my kids. I don't care about them." But yeah, what were your main takeaways from the show? Well, my main takeaway was the Queen's Gambit star, Anya Taylor-Joy, I believe is her name, who won the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a drama... Was it drama? Or in comedy? TV show? Something like that. But yeah, she won it, and she's our Argentine white queen. White queen. And she looked amazing in this green body fitted gown with the deep v-neck and the blonde hair down is really good i also really enjoyed watching the crowns cast get all their flowers because for example emma corin the actress who played princess diana in this recent season one then josh o'connor i believe his name won for that and freaking the white queen Gillian Anderson won for playing Margaret Thatcher, the devil who should be burning in hell, burning in hell right now. But yeah, those are my takeaways. What were yours? Well, Fernando, my takeaways were I'd have to say Chloe Zhao winning Best Director and Best Picture for Nomadland. Believe it or not, she's the second director who happens to be a woman to have won the Golden Globe for Best Director. Since the one and only Barbara Streisand won it for directing her movie Yentl, I believe in the early 80s. So history was made that night. And have you watched Nomadland? Actually, I have watched Nomadland. I watched it fairly recently when it got released or added on to Hulu. I thought it was a quaint film. It's about Frances McDormand. She's the actress. She plays a character named Fern. Who I believe it's set right after the 2008 recession, or she's somewhere in the middle of America, living a vagabond lifestyle. She lives in a truck or an RV, and she works part time at a Amazon warehouse where she gets a job. But it's very much she about how the community of nomads in America get on with their life, and I thought it was really cool. The cinematography was beautiful and I think Chloe Shaw did a really great job directing. What did you think? I thought it was very nice to watch. It was like very scenic and smoothing. The acting was great because Chloe Zhao, for people who aren't aware, her past films have been in a similar vein where it's like middle of America communities that don't get usually seen in media and if they do get seen, they're usually stereotyped, whether it be, like, rodeo people, cowboy people, or, like, Native Americans. And as such, like, in her past movie, I watched another one of Chloe Zhao's films before she 
did Nomadland a few years ago. It's called The Rider. And it's about this cowboy, I believe, who's like fresh out of high school or early 20s. He gets injured doing a rodeo show and he can't ride anymore. And like he's trying to ride again, but he doesn't want to come to terms with the fact that like he's actually, it's like lethally dangerous for him to try to ride. And so that was a really great film. So I had high hopes going into Nomadland. I'd say she fulfilled them. Nomadland was a great other great other project for her. Yeah, I haven't seen the ride. I'm going to have to check it out for me. But yeah, Frances McDormand, I'll watch anything she's in. But the Three Billboards movie from a few years ago, yeesh, I don't remember it. But like, give me Fargo. Give me Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. Give me her playing the mom in Almost Famous. Yes. Her in that HBO limited series a few years ago, Olive Kittredge. Yes, yes, give me more, give me this. But yeah, hopefully she'll get nominated. I don't know if she'll win. Well, she might win, but I'm not sure either. But hey, here's to that and to everything that they might do soon. Wait, 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 Fernando, since you watched WandaVision, does that mean you're like familiar with the Marvel Universe? Actually, Fernie, I'm not. I did recently watch Age of Ultron recently because apparently that's when Wanda and her late brother, who's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, I know said. I mean, late brother, yeah, in the, in the series anyway. And yeah, I watched Age of Ultron and Ultron was the superhero and the Avengers were the bad guys. What do you mean? What I mean is, Ultron was this, like, AI who realized that Tony Stark was a piece of shit and, like, a human evil, like, massacre person and asshole. And then, so he, Ultron was like, I'm gonna have to destroy the world because we need a reset. I'm gonna kill Stark and Avengers for being state-sanctioned war criminals and so he did attempt that but then they stopped him and he didn't get to blow up the earth or whatever and I think that is the wrong plot they should have framed it as Ultron being a good guy because he's a good guy in my eyes an analogy for people who don't familiar like another analogy would be like Ultron was Bernie Sanders the democratic establishment was the Avengers that makes sense you know what I mean it's like Ultron was JFK the FBI were the Avengers that type of situation uh, but yeah Ultron was done dirty R.I.P. Ultron like a revolutionary in the making well I don't I haven't watched Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron but I'm gonna have to watch it for now because you said because, I mean, we love a revolutionary with good intentions, but who knows? I'm going to have to watch it. Because I think you're onto something. And so, my next question that I usually ask my guests is, what's a cause or something in the culture that you feel like not enough people are aware of? Not that something that people should pay more attention to or something of that sort uh Fernando yeah
Wolfer Wolf Ernie, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there's this great Bay Area mutual aid group called We Are the Ones We've Been Waiting For. Oh my god, Fernando, I actually do know them. I wrote a story about them for SF Gate recently. <gasps> Fernie, what? No me digas. Si te digo, wey. Oh, pues entonces ya sabes que hacen y que tan buenos que son. Por supuesto, Fernando. Pues entonces, déjame decirte. Okay, Fernie. For listeners who aren't aware, we are the ones we've been waiting for. They're a Bay Area mutual aid collective made up of artists and creatives. They founded in 2018. And they've been doing really great work, specifically with their Arms the Girl, Arm the Girl initiative slash campaign in which they raised up to $40,000 in mutual aid to be given to 70 applicants who applied to the campaign who are black and indigenous people of color, queer and trans women. If they requested the funds, if they needed it. And yeah, they each got, 50 of them got Telfar bags sent from Telfar himself. And that was just a great group because I don't feel like people know that those types of mutual aid groups exist. But I feel like they should be given more attention to. I agree, Fernando. Yeah, that's the exact initiative I wrote about it in my story that was published this past week. And I agree with you. I feel if anyone's been paying attention to the news, we've kind of had this whole upheaval with the American healthcare system for a few years now, but especially this past year due to COVID-19 and see how like those systems in place aren't necessarily failing. They're just working as designed for those who are privileged and for those who are marginalized and less privileged. And that's when people fall in the margins and in these cracks and the people, a part of those communities have to do the work themselves to prevent any more deaths to any more injuries and of that sort, because the American government is failing to do so. It's forgetting it's most vulnerable people. And I was really glad to talk to some of the people involved and we are the ones because you can just really get a sense of how their sense of a community, like how they're aware of the inter- intersectionality of their gender identities, their sexualities, their ethnicities, their races, and like income levels and etc. They see all the intersections of all them and acknowledge the all the oppression that comes with it and actively work to come up with solutions to prop each other up to uplift each other because another part of the um, the girls initiatives the group themselves had photo shoots with the teflar bags and these women who were trans and people of color to show how trans women especially black trans women and women of color don't get perceived as like humans I hate to say it because they're so marginalized and like they so much crime is disproportionately acted upon them compared to everyone else and it's that thing of compounding oppressions of like 
misogyny, homophobia, and racism that leads to all these deaths of these people who are just trying to live their lives. These humans that are just trying to live their lives. I agree, Fernie. And I think it's good to highlight that because I think we're living in like a... I think, not everyone, but I feel like some of us believe like, oh, we're so progressive, like, but then this group exists in the Bay Area, you know, and I think that speaks volumes because the Bay Area usually gets painted as this, like, sanctuary for all those who are discriminated against by the status quo, who don't fit in with quote-unquote normal society, but then here's this mutual aid work, doing the work that the city of Oakland and others aren't necessarily doing at a satisfactory enough level. I agree, Fernando, I agree. That's such an important cause. And for the people who want to get involved or want to learn more about We Are The Ones, like make a donation or just check out what they're at, it'd be best to follow them on Instagram at their at, which I believe is We Are The Ones Been Waiting For or something similar to that. It should be easy to find. They're always down to collab, so make sure you DM them if you want to work on any projects with them of that sort. And yeah, they were a really good group. The photos came out for amazing. Go read my story on SFGate if you would like to. I'm really proud of it. Yeah, for now, I'm going to make sure I'm going to look it up after we're done or after later today. Well, on to our next question, Fernando, which is what I like to call pop off which is the last part of our segment in which we the guest and i that is we each go off respectively like individually on something in the culture we find to be annoying something we think is pervasive that needs to be debunked that needs to be removed from the membrane of the culture so, so Fernando, do you want to go first or should I go first? Well, I think I think I'll go second. You can go first. Okay, 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 Fernando, I'll go first. Okay, so here I go. I'm gonna pop off on people who treat their phones as televisions because I have siblings, right? And like they're on their phones for hours, like. Like, as if it was, like, amusement. You know what I mean? I think that's the key subject here. Like, no tea, no shade. But, like, the other day I just asked my brother. I was like, you do know your phone's on the television. And I, he just gave me this look like, like, what the fuck are you even asking me? But then I think he understood the deeper meaning behind it. Because, bro, your phones aren't meant to be... I thought phones were just for, like, communication, keyword communication, not amusement. There's a distinction, right? Those are two different words and ideas and concepts. But it's one thing to, like, go through Twitter and, like, catch up on the news, right? Oh, I wouldn't say Twitter's in a real news source, but you get it. Like, catch up on Twitter, notifications, emo, yeah. But then to, like, res- but then having to be dependent on your phone and all those apps for amusement, I find to be troubling. Because, not to be hoity-toity, but, like, I can entertain myself, like, no phone, just with my, like, weird-ass brain and stuff. And I think part of the reason why so many people... Ooh, 
And I remember another point to this. I was talking to my, a friend of mine who he's out in the dating scene. Uh, and he says how most of the people he talks to don't understand his sense of humor. And he says it's because people just don't have personalities anymore. And I said, I think the reason why people don't have personality. Well, some, I think the reason why some people don't have personalities anymore is because they rely on the personalities of others on social media to be their amusement and to even appropriate their own personalities from the people they see. That's where you get all these and the oops. I've said and the oop in the early in this episode, so and the oop. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so much so that they don't know who they are or, like, they don't know how to communicate outside of the language of memes, if that makes sense. And that speaks to this whole point of virtual blackface, blackface, I believe it's called. I don't know. It's something of the process where people use memes of black people, which contribute to the characterization, characterization and dehumanization of black people. But I'm going to leave an, an article that I believe to be essential in the episode description, so I'm going to read that out. But yeah, that's what I've been popping off on because I feel like we're being robbed of so many potentially great personalities just because people just regurgitate the ones they see to be most dominant and popular on social media. So yeah, pop off on that. Put that phone down. It's the damn phone, as my mom says, but in Spanish, which I will happily recreate right now. Is this a pinche telefono way? Oh, she doesn't say way. I just got too much in acting. <laughs> damn, Fernie, you're right about that. Because people really, as I don't mean to sound like a boomer, and I'm pretty sure you don't either, but people really don't know. People are glued to their phones. I hate to say it. The boomer in me just came out. I'm sorry. I'm going to go whip myself in the back to the town. But yeah, people really don't know how to express themselves outside of the norms of communication that social media besets on us, whether it be like using LOL, memes, and stuff like that. Like, not only do people not have personalities, I just think people just don't know how to effectively communicate anymore, which is why I hate whenever I see people on social media complain about relationships or like, I need me a man who knows how to communicate or like, I need me a man who don't play no games or vice versa with any gender, but like men be men and you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, oh wait, people don't know how to communicate or like they just are afraid to be perceived as something they're not when all they have to be is themselves and hope to be perceived as they are rather than the idea that they want to be perceived as whether they be alike to other social media personalities exactly Fernando you get it but what's your pop-off do you have a pop-off I do Fernie mine's gonna be a little bit controversial I don't think it's gonna be controversial because I think people just know it already if you know, like either you know you know or you don't you don't so here it is okay I'm gonna pop off I'm popping off on Woody Allen. Uh, I've been watching the HBO docs documentary, stock docu series. I believe it's called Allen versus Pharaoh. I believe it's called, and it's about Woody Allen. He's a writer and director, very famous. He's won Oscars before, made a shit ton of movies, and it's about 
how he allegedly sexually assaulted one of his daughters and when she was a child and then how he groomed dated one of he and his wife his ex-wife Mia Farrow one of their adopted daughters Sun Yi when they were when she was like a teenager and they're still together to this day like it's a thing Sun Yi and Woody Allen are like a couple they have been for years ever since the early 90s and so yeah I don't think uh, like popping off on Woody Allen People need to speak about it more because even within, because it's a docu-series, right? Even within the first episode, by the end of the first episode, like, oh, he's guilty. Like, yeah, innocent until proven guilty, yeah, like, allegedly and all that. But the evidence is there and it's really damning. And for me, I've always been aware of the allegations again from Dylan Brady, who's the other daughter he allegedly had sexual he had sexually assaulted but like seeing her face her testimony in the docuseries her mother's her family's he was just really grooming her and I don't think people I don't think enough people in the I don't know how to phrase it, online community, like, of a certain age, people do, but I don't think the younger folks do, but then again, like, you know, why would younger people care about Woody Allen, but yeah, anyway, she's another problematic asshole who needs to be discarded from society, wow, Fernando, I really agree with you on that, because Woody Allen, people just think of him as, like, this quirky, zany filmmaker and actor and writer, but when in fact, like, these themes have been in his work forever. Like, for example, in one of his most famous films from 1979, Manhattan, he plays a character who's in a rela- in a sexual and romantic relationship with a 17-year-old in 1979. And so when these allegations came out, were people really surprised? Like, what? He was basically, like, saying, look at me, I'm into young women especially young women i don't know i don't know why it took so long because he basically like copped out to it in a manner of speaking exactly fernie exactly and i don't understand why we're still in this culture of not believing women you know because i believe whether it be like for example when Christy Blasey Ford, the woman and the doctor who accused Supreme Court Justice Brent Kavanaugh of sexual assault in 2018. I believed her because of her testimony, but also because of why would she lie? There is no, and why would she lie and open herself up to the onslaught of verbal abuse and violence that she was, uh, inflicted upon by all of Donald Trump's not all of his supporters but you know what I mean like that type of mob some of the online rhetoric and such like why would a sexual assault victim lie there might be some instances where an an accusation might be false but those are very very few and I don't think it's a valid counterpoint 
in this discussion because again why would they lie and open themselves up and their family and loved ones to the worst rhetoric imaginably possible exactly Fernando exactly I believe in giving people benefit of the doubt in certain circumstances but then again you never know until you know and even then you might not know and with that I wanted to make this a short episode because I know you're in a hurry, you're busy and whatnot. So I just want to say thank you again for coming on and giving me your time. Thank you, Fernie. I had a really great time. I love what you do here at the podcast and all your writing, and I can't wait to see what you're working on next. Thank you, Fernando. And with that, until next time, everybody, this has been Contextlist.